0: Hi, you're listening to Go See a Show, New York City's independent theater podcast. It's not often one goes to see a show and winds up sitting in a fascinating and informative talk about astrophysics before the curtain. But that's exactly what I got when I went to see Number 11 Productions' new show Friends Call Me Albert, currently running at the Access Theater. I'm not sure they've got another physics talk scheduled, but the performance itself is well worth a viewing. I sat down with Number 11's co-artistic directors, Julie Congress, who plays Maleva in the show, and Ryan Emmons, who directs, along with sound designer slash performer Enrico Detrizio, and the man they call Albert himself, Stephen Conroy, after a recent performance. Take a listen. Welcome to the podcast. I like to start with everyone's name on the mic, so I have with me from Number 11 Productions... Ryan Emmons.
1: And? Julie Congress.
2: And
0: what is this show that we're working on here? Friends Call Me Albert. Excellent. We also have with us Albert himself.
2: Hey guys, it's Stephen Conroy. And
0: the musician slash composer?
3: Enrico De Trizio.
0: Thanks so much for uh, agreeing to stay after the show for me to uh, talk about the show. So Friends Call Me Albert, uh, what is Friends Call Me Albert when you tell your friends, come see the show? What's your, what's your elevator pitch?
1: It's a bio epic with puppets about Albert Einstein, his theories and his collaboration with his first wife.
0: Bio epic. I love that. It's got elements of epic theater going on. I can appreciate that. Awesome. Um, how do you so why puppets? And this is like uh, this is like the part where I really love to get into like why we make stuff. Um, go see a show. Being the independent theater podcast is uh, to me I, I'm I just want to get at like the crazy stuff that we all come up with. And there's some crazy, awesome, fun stuff happening here. How did you go from Albert Einstein to puppets? Like what what was the process here? What how did this show come about?
4: Well. It really was the playwright, Zachary Desmond, sort of always envisioned the show with puppets. And so it was one of the things I think that attracted to us to the piece was saying, oh, we love puppetry. We haven't done a piece with lots of puppetry. This could be a really fun thing for us as a company to explore. And I think the answer to why, you don't need to be prescriptive about that. I think a lot of people have different opinions on to why the show is using puppetry in a certain way. So I'm, I hesitate to say why I think so. <laughs> <laughs> How do you guys know the the playwright? Like, is he a friend?
0: Is he a company member of Number Eleven? Or
2: he's not. No, I went to college with him, and he was out uh, working and living in Alaska. Uh, and he just has a very creative mind that runs a mile a minute. And he just kept sending me stuff. Was like, hey, I'm writing stuff like short stories or poems or um, or plays. Do you mind if I send you some stuff? So he sent me this 10-minute piece about uh, Albert Einstein with puppets. And it coincided with this um, fundraiser night we were invited to participate in uh, for a puppetry theater company. And they were like, hey, do you guys want to do this piece? Do we have anything with puppets that we would want to work on? And I said, actually, a friend of mine just wrote one. And that was about three years ago. Uh, And so we've slowly been... It started out as 10 minutes and people kept liking it and giving us feedback so it transformed into this two-hour bio epic as (laughs) julie
0: just said (laughs) And it must be an epic rehearsal process right to piece all this stuff together
1: well it's been an interesting one because as steven just said for three years now we've been sort of living and growing the material and having a playwright in alaska it's been an interesting sort of back and forth exchange um so it's it's gone in little growth spurts in terms of 10 minutes and then it's 20 minutes and then we have a whole first act and then we did a reading of it and then it got a lot of changes and then it had two (laughs) acts and um so it's been this uh not just a linear path with it but in fact really there wasn't a linear path
0: on the show about einstein (laughs) absolutely shots (laughs) Uh, speaking of live sound effects, thank you for that excellent segue. Um, it's, we're getting talking about development of the show, and the show, uh, again, maybe it's because I'm a sonic nerd, uh, but the show really lives on this soundbed, so, and you're performing it live, which is super fun to watch. How was that in development as well? Like, Was that also prescribed in the script, or...?
3: well no you know talking about relativity and light and not linear time I said we cannot do this the old-fashioned we cannot just write cues and then play back every night it's just gonna be not fit not even fit the concept of it so I said okay let's go live and let's use something that um, you know can inspire time travel and and sci-fi in a way but um, I don't think it's people do this stuff in in theater nowadays everything is is so precise and uh, i mean the, the, what you heard is not going to happen tomorrow um and basically feed multiple delay lines and then wait for the feedback to kick in to just modulate it so, that that is like playing with gravity, like I I feel it, I, I feel the weight of the sound coming towards me and then I, I push it back and then I see where it goes and then it kind of scatters. And around. that
0: sound is also felt by the actors on stage, totally. I, I totally. would only
2: assume, right? Totally. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I I can hear it's different every <laughs> night. <laughs> Changes how I deliver some lines and yeah. some cues and no, but it is, yeah, it's, it's fluid, which there is, I mean, to say there is a lot of fluidity in the show in and of itself, because we are bending time and bending space, and yeah.
0: And there's a lot of fun theatrical conceits going on in the show, apart from just the live music. Um, Really wonderful things are done with light, and I don't want to tell anything more than that. Come see the show. how do you develop that? I mean, I know I keep going back to this, but I'm, I'm convinced, although I've never done a survey of this, uh, that my listeners are all people who make things uh, and make things in independent theater. So after seeing this show, I want to know, and I'm assuming the listeners want to know, how the heck did you guys come up with some of this stuff? Like, it's so fun to watch you play on stage. How did you find these moments of play and integrate them into the script that was given to you? Um, apart from, of course, the prescribed
4: puppets. I do think part of that is, is just sort of what being a theater ensemble is about for us, and it's why we started a theater ensemble, was to create an environment where we could, as a group, find sort of quirky, playful, creative people, all of which might, you know, Enrico might say, oh, maybe the light could be like this, or, the, you know, an actor, a lighting designer. It becomes a really... I'm going to call it a hot room, and there's a lot of argument, and a lot of excitement, um, and just questioning of everything, but that leads to these sort of unique ideas that nobody in the group would have thought of on their own, which has been a really cool thing. And this show is so much about light, and it's so much about Einstein's relationships with Maleva, but also with light. And so we knew that light needed to be a character. But there's a lot of really bad ideas that came <laughs> before what you saw today. That's for sure.
1: We also, as a company, and we've been together nine years now, and we, we thrive on things that feel impossible. I mean, I think all of us love nothing more than, okay, we need to do the absolute impossible on stage, and then putting all of our brains together and getting in a room and playing. is, um, I think where we often do our some of our best work
0: and I have to ask this because we are all, we're, we're speaking in a room uh, maybe nine days after a very fantastic natural occurrence in uh, the United States, uh, being the complete solar eclipse, and we see a complete eclipse on stage, uh, both uh, visually and sonically, which is absolutely gorgeous, by the way. Um, so is that just luck? That, that you guys are doing maybe, this show? Maybe
4: it's a sign? No, know. You know, that was <laughs> yeah, not. It we certainly kind of long, didn't yeah. plan it. Um, really? At all? Yeah. 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 We were we were looking at the calendar, and maybe Enrico said, you know there's a solar eclipse, like a total solar eclipse, maybe four days before our first performance. <laughs> That's brilliant.
1: <laughs> I do it, think, though, it has very much influenced what we're doing here, and also how the talk about the eclipse is received by audiences has totally shifted Um, We're also, you can come see the show in 2024 in upstate New York. We're looking for a theater now.
0: (laughs) I mean, you've got Skidmore roots. Saratoga Springs (laughs) is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Upstate boy here. So uh, the other thing that I want to get into here is like, this is, I mean, we've talked about the brilliant theatrical concepts that you're playing with, and uh, you are using theatrical concepts to show theoretical physics concepts. As someone who is terrified of, you know, being specific about things in shows, because then I, oh shit, I better know my shit, otherwise somebody's going to know their shit and call me on it. How much physics did you have to do? (laughs) How much of this was like really digging into a lot of concepts and as I know you had, uh, we we heard him before the show, you had a guy uh, who was a science consultant. You talked to me just about that process and and what you had to learn to (laughs) do this show.
1: Um, so, we, I mean, our, our playwright, Zach Desmond, did a massive amount of research, and then we have a dramaturg who actually lives in Mexico right now doing a ton of research. And then we did find um, Ryan and Enrico went to a Astronomy on Top. Well, it was
3: because of the eclipse. Yeah. Um, then, you know, that event led to other events, which was this talk that they had, uh, uh, was the Way Station? Someplace in Brooklyn, yeah. where they do this thing called uh, Astronomy on Top. Which I highly advise, and you know they talked about the eclipse, and we met a bunch of physicists there, and uh, one of them drew and ended up working with us. Um, So yeah, not only the eclipse was a sign, but it it also you know led to this this cool collaboration and very helpful collaboration. I think
4: as a theater company, we're really a lot of our shows deal with historical things, or they 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 deal with topics that are sort of dense, but are interesting to know about, and it's in no way educational theater, but there is something about learning for ourselves and then get excite- we get excited about that learning and we want to share some of those facts. Um, and again, it's not about being prescriptive or telling people, uh, this is no way a physics lesson.
0: It's partially epic, <laughs> but it is no way
4: lashtica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think there's something exciting about knowledge. Um, and Absolutely. we we like incorporating yeah. that in our shows, and I think it's part of at least personally why I love theaters because, yeah, I am gonna meet a few astrophysicists if I work on a show about Albert Einstein, and I nice. think that's super cool.
0: And you're getting hopefully some science nerds sitting in the audience, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah.
2: When we're doing, uh, there are certain nights when we're doing the math equations. By on the, the way, the wall.
0: scientists, I. I, I use nerd lovingly. I call us theater nerds, theater nerds. <laughs> Sorry, when you're writing the equations on the wall.
2: It, you can tell which nights there are um, scientists and mathematicians in the room because they really, they really giggle legit. when they yeah. Yeah. hear, oh, when cool. they start to see that. And then they realize, oh, they're actually doing real Those are equations. Maths. They're
1: yes. real equations. Um, so and You shouldn't say, should you say? Well, what, Drew what helped are. us fit what they are to basically Zach our playwright wrote these beautiful monologues and then uh, Drew helped us find equations in the world of this show to help so we've got um, Newton's uh, equation for gravity and then Einstein's equation and then we do actually do um, one of the field equations for general relativity as well wow. So it is um, the, the big one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's
0: super fun. Okay. Yeah, I had a, I had a, was going back and forth. I'm like, okay, those are all symbols. I know those are all symbols. Yeah. I have no clue what any of them means. But, um,
2: okay. I don't either. <laughs> <laughs>
0: don't be modest. Yeah. I, don't, I don't feel so bad. Yeah. No, but it was really, it's a, those are beautiful moments, too, like the way they're integrated. Again, mm-hmm. this is why you should work with people also outside of the theater. Yeah. Scientists can teach us things that we can use. That's beautiful. Awesome. Um, we're at the Access Theater. Uh, show runs through September 10. Mm-hmm. And uh, tickets and more information can be found at...
1: www.no11productions.com
0: Brilliant. Thank you all so much for doing this beautiful show. Cool. Thank,
2: Thank, you. Thank you. Thanks Thank for coming. Thank
0: Thank you, Julie, Ryan, Enrico, and Steven for hanging out after the show to chat. You can catch Number 11 Productions' Friends Call Me Albert, written by Zachary Desmond, at the Access Theater, 380 Broadway, 4th floor in Manhattan through September 10th, 2017. Head to no11productions.com for a link to tickets and more information. And to listeners in New York City, if you're listening to this episode on the day it first airs, you are listening one week before the local primary election for citywide offices, which, in our city, is a pretty important election. The League of Independent Theatre has identified arts-friendly candidates in various city council races that we're supporting, and we hope you'll take a look at them as well. Head to litny.org to learn more about our slate of candidates for 2017. And while you're there, if you're not already a member, sign up to be part of Lit and get more info on how you too can help get champions of independent theater into the city council. Again, that's at LITNY.org. Thanks to you for listening into the podcast. If you dig it, please give it a like on Facebook. Facebook.com slash go see a show. Follow at go see a show on Twitter, and rate or comment on the show's iTunes page. Until next time, go see a show. Thanks, y'all. See? Bye. Bye. Thanks for hanging out. I know it's kind of... No, know. thank you so <laughs> much. It's great. It's great. Yeah.